Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. In just a second here, we're going to jump into the human melodrama that is Aaron Rodgers v. Green Bay Packers on his way allegedly to the New York Jets. We'll dig in on this springtime drama, like I say, in advance of the draft with the best guy I can think of to go to on this from Cheesehead TV, our guy Aaron Nagler coming your way. He does Eddie Spaghetti seated there behind your glass. I saw you over the weekend over at uh, at Cousin Sal's place. He and his wife and their three great boys, three really, uh, um, I know what kind of kids you have is has some luck involved in it, but also I think people are to be commended when you have three guys, when you're three for three as Sal and Melissa are, I enjoy all three of those characters. I enjoyed, especially sitting there with Jack Romo and watching the Pittsburgh Penguins who he has embraced um, improbably, but I think it's a great and uh, a great act of revenge, best served cold. To Cousin Sal, who 40 years or whatever ago decided to go against his old man, a New York Jets fan, living on Long Island, Sal decided to go with the Dallas Cowboys. He went against his old man, and now his son has embraced the Pittsburgh Steelers' completion of a beautiful circle there. Um, But so I got to watch with Jack Romo on Saturday night. The Penguins win a huge one against the Capitals. That was a good time. In general, good times. We did some uh, karaoke. At the end of the night, Eddie Spaghetti. What was your song again? You went with I, Oasis. I, I, I couldn't went, believe yeah. it wasn't Pearl Jam. No, I did Wonderwall, and then I did um, uh, Beatles uh, Help, too. I did my my two songs. And I was, you know, backing vocals on everyone else's songs. I know you did Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, Sal did Leave On by Elton John. So it was a it was a grand night. Oh, I miss. I say, yeah, I, well, but I, I modify, of course. It's not Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Pittsburgh, PA. The home of Mario Lemieux. Um, yeah, I'm a nerd. And uh, you know what? What but I bleed black and gold. Aaron Nagler, like Aaron Rodgers claims, they bleed bleed green and gold. So looking forward to talking to him. People who bleed purple and black, I guess is what you would call the the Ravens colors. Um, probably upset Lamar Jackson has requested a trade. We'll get Aaron's thoughts on that as well. Real quick though, spaghetti. Um we uh, we got a, a nice gift here in late March um, on Caesars. It is the win totals for NFL 2023 and the division odds. They are released now. You can do all the win totals there. I wonder how you react to the Jets. Obviously, the bookmakers know that Rodgers is going to land with the Jets because they have him at plus 180, right behind the Buffalo Bills at plus 130. The Miami Dolphins are, in fact, the best play there, plus 375. They're going to get that division. My division, the AFC North, the Bengals, I would not in, I would not advise betting against, uh, betting for any team other than the Bungles in, in the uh, North upcoming. They're at plus 130. If you want to take a swing for the fences, Pittsburgh Steelers, plus 550 ins, and uh, Eddie Spaghetti, your team, and by the way, Nagler's uh, Packers plus three eighty, the f- the the longest odds in the North. My mm-hmm. how things have changed since the season ended there, and uh, looking for the NFC East. There we go. 
boy, not a lot of respect. Are you, are you, do you feel disrespected there, Eddie Spaghetti? The Giants in the third position, plus 475. Yeah, you get the sense that Vegas doesn't really um, believe in the Giants yet, um, I, whether that's a, a, an indictment on Daniel Jones or they want to see what they do in the draft first. Obviously, they have to fill out, you know, interior offensive line. They have to fill out receiver, um, probably some secondary help. So I, I think Vegas with the eight and a half win total for the Giants and being uh, plus 475 to in the East. I don't necessarily get upset by that. I, I do think that the division, if I had to put money on a team to win, I actually like the Cowboys. I think the Eagles lost a little too much in the offseason. Um, I like the Cowboys roster a lot. So I like the Cowboys plus one eighty. I think the Giants should be a little bit closer um to those teams. The 475 is far away. Obviously, the commanders are 10 to 1, but I just think it's a lack of respect thing. They don't really buy into Daniel Jones, and that's fine. I'd rather not have the target on our back. Um, I like how we were last year. You know, we were the third place last year, but we made the wild card. I think again, the Giants just being kind of under the radar a smidge is is a good thing. Well, I'll tell you what, the one that jumps out to me in terms of uh, of win totals, obviously, I look at Pittsburgh immediately and the Steelers have in 11 of the last 17 years gone over their season win total as established by the mm-hmm. book bookmakers. 11 out of 17 this year, eight and a half, eight and a half for the Steelers. They're playing the third place schedule. They were on the, the cusp of the playoffs last year with rookie Kenny Pickett. I, I. You can call me a homer all you want, Spaghetti. I love that over. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come There's on. A, that, that's a good one. You know, I was like, we're just reviewing it quickly before the show, and this Lamar Jackson news does change uh, these either win totals and the division odds because let's just say if he picks – you know, the Colts, uh, you know, we talk about the Colts. What do the Colts do? Stand pat at the fourth pick and take the third best quarterback or fourth, depending on a team trades up to number three pick, or they make a play for Lamar. You know, the AFC South has, you know, the Jags are minus 150 to to win the South. But if the Colts go and get Lamar Jackson, I mean, plus 525 right now, I mean, I'd be in on that. Same thing with the NFC, the NFC South with, uh, you know, the Saints plus one twenty to win. Uh, by right the way, now. to interrupt you, I, I I think right that is you're you're pointing at something that is different. The they they've already baked in Rodgers to the Jets, sure. so you're not getting an advantage. I, I don't think it's going to deepen the uh, the Dolphins' odds when that actually happens. I think it's already assumed he's going there. But yes, if you can find those cracks, if you feel strongly that Jackson's going to mm-hmm. Atlanta or Indianapolis, make your bet yeah. now. Plus, because, yeah. Yeah. Falcons plus 380 if he lands there. I know they're not one of the rumor teams, but it would be that'd be, you know, a, a play I'd make. Although if the Saints are the only one with the real quarterback in the division, the plus 120 is an easy bet as the favorite. And then reversely, a team that not that I'm souring on them, but, you know, John Lynch came out. We're recording this Monday morning. John Lynch came out Monday and said that right now, you know, right now, Brock Purdy would be he deserves a starting job. He's injured. Trey Lance is injured. They have Sam Darnold there um, and they're the, you know, minus 150 favorite in the NFC West. I'm not saying they're not going to find a way to rebound and survive this season, but uh, you know, not every division favorite based, you know, on these Caesars odds are going to win the division. So I think that if a team has to lose and uh, it's just, that to me is a tough thing to navigate. If you have your, your, your two quarterbacks down relying on Sam Donald, I know they're the, the heavy, heavy favorite there and their roster on the town ta- of their, the level of talent, their roster on paper is a lot better than these other teams, but there there's going to be a, a, a division winner that we assume is going to win. They're not going to. And I think the 49ers could be a candidate to, to kind of collapse a little bit. That's funny. Cause you know, I go on and on about Shanahan equals uh drawn butter. You can dip any QB into his offense and they're going to taste good. But, um, yeah, I mean, because it does seem as though 
they are going to roll with like maybe Trey Lance will work out, maybe Purdy will work out, maybe Darnold. I don't think there's some magic bullet coming from Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson or otherwise. Maybe I'll be proven wrong over the coming weeks here. Um, boy, a lot of fun, though, to, lo- to look at these. We'll dig in uh, later in the week with uh, some of these win totals with Kevin Hench here. Man, oh, man, mm-hmm. football, pro football, always – you got your basketball. The 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 final four is now set. I mean, what a, an all time bum! I go ahead and talk about how you love Cinderella's. This is what you get now. Congratulations, everybody! Excited about the the Creighton Blue Jays against the FAU Flapper Dunks or whatever their Flapper Danks or whatever their their dumb nickname is. Bunch of guys who you'll never who you don't know now. But good news is you ain't gonna need to know them because they're gonna be playing. Uh, in a European league in about six months from now. Anyway, pro football easily overwhelms that. But poor baseball, about ready to first pitch of the season, and and we're buzzing about where Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers are going to play. All right. You know what? Speaking of buzzing about these things, let's continue to with our guy, Nagler. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, hey, Caesar Sportsbook. It's not just an app. It's a whole empire. Iconic casinos, hotels, world-class restaurants. It's all yours with Caesar's Rewards because every bet you place, win or lose, earns reward credits, which you can redeem for hotel stays at over 50 destinations, meals, tickets, merch, bonuses, and more. So get started now. A-S-A-M-P, create an account with promo code OmahaFull. Omaha, the word, and the word full. You know what I'm talking about. 21 and over, 19 and over in Ontario, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states. Where prohibited, know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP through Horseshoe Bossier, City and Harris, New Orleans, Massachusetts. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Always a good time when this fella makes the scene here on Zoom or otherwise. He is usually at Lambeau during football season and all big events there for the green and gold. I think that's what they're called, the green and gold by their faithful. We'll ask him that question. If he ain't at Lambeau, you might find him bellied up to the bar at the Let Love Inn in Queens, New York, (laughs) wherever you find him. He's always got his finger on the pulse of the Green Bay Packers, co-founder of Cheesehead TV. It's Aaron Nagler. What's the poop, fella? I guess quite a bit where the Packers are concerned. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for having me. I mean, it'd be nice to have something, uh, some forward movement when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Um, But, you know, we're we're in this holding pattern now. So I think we've exhausted, as far as content creation goes, every kind of ounce and morsel of who has leverage, who doesn't, when is this going to, when does this have to happen, blah, like all of that has been covered. And so now we get the owners meetings where Robert Sala has spoken and we'll hear from Goody Kunst later today and Matt LaFleur tomorrow. And I'm sure there will be a flourish of headlines and nothing will change until the draft. But I look forward to it. It is weird that it feels like we're beating a dead horse on this. And yet we're only in like chapter four <laughs> of the novel here. Right. Yep. I mean, oh, the, yep. the, the post 2022 NFL season novel I'm talking right. about. Right. No, 100%. The story or, of Aaron Rodgers. But even Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. I think we're at the very early stages of that book. So I agree. Yes, we, we have beaten it all to death and we're still got like miles to go. It's great. So true. And we pivot off of those aforementioned guys who weigh in on it and what they want, and how this is going to resolve itself. And don't worry, Jets fans are being told, and don't worry, Packers fans are being told <laughs> by other people. And yet we don't really, they're bad actors. They're people who are trying to talk something into existence. And that includes Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's try to make sense of it because since <laughs> the Packers' latest demise in January, the right. world has turned all the way upside down. It was on its way there in the back half of the NFL season as the Detroit Lions emerged, punctuated by the victory in Lambeau against those Packers in early January. And now we look at the latest. They're already out, everybody. The 2023 divisional odds and the Packers oh, have the longest odds of all fourth. <laughs> and the Detroit Lions, first of all, react to that as a longtime NFC North guy. It makes sense. I understand the reasoning behind it. I think it's adorable because if you look at those two, those kind of four teams, right? The Packers went toe to toe with the Vikings there in Lambeau. Yes, it was bleak in week one, but they certainly showed uh, they're up to the, the, the Pepsi challenge, so to speak. And then you look at the Bears and the Packers have owned the Bears forever. And yes, that's been with Aaron Rodgers, but it's not like one offseason is going to suddenly make them contenders or anything. And I get the Packers have lost some talent and people aren't all in on Jordan Love the way maybe some Packers fans are. Detroit, though, they're a real problem. Like they are an ascending team. They are a team that plays hard for their coach. Very fundamentally sound, tough from whistle to whistle. And they've given Matt LaFleur's teams nothing but trouble since he's been in the division. So I think Detroit's going to continue to cause the Packers problems. But the other two, it's like, okay, we'll see how things play out. Yes, I understand the perception is, and probably the reality, the Packers will take a bit of a step back this season with Jordan Love, his first year as a starter. But this idea that there's suddenly this also ran in the NFC North, which has never been a powerhouse division. I mean, it's not like they we've had like years and years of great playoff battles where these 
really good teams have kind of duped it out. The Packers have owned it forever and people are sick of it. So I get it. They, people want to bury the Packers as soon as possible. And that's what that reflects. I'm trying to think about it now that you bring that up. I love my little mini era rivalries that right. exist in a division and beyond. But like, you know, I think about, um, you know, Seattle and San Francisco maybe is bouncing back now, but early part of the 20 teens, you thought like, well, this is, yeah. this is it. This is the newfangled rivalry to lean into. I, has it? There hasn't been I mean, the bears. I mean, Caleb Haney and company almost <laughs> in almost pulled it out. BJ yep. Raji doesn't happen. That's one right. of my favorite things. And I pat some percentage of Packers fans get mad at me. I love doing what if stuff, right. um, but really BJ Raji doesn't do that. You would have had Caleb Haney and the Bears perhaps playing Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers and that. And then what is Aaron Rodgers' legacy? I've long said Ross Tucker and I were talking maybe six or seven years ago, and I made this point, and I've seen a lot of people pick it up since. I think it it it, if we assume that Favre to Rodgers is now complete, and we'll still Mm -hmm. see how it goes, but I think it's pretty sure that one conclusion here is not Rodgers playing for the Packers again here. Right. Right. The uh, lament that I issued spiritually to Packers fans was like, what a big bummer it would be to, it would be fun along the way, lots of good times all through football seasons, except that you got the same number of Lombardis as Dilfer and Flacco got to Baltimore. Isn't that vaguely unsatisfying? Um, I guess let's start there. What's your reaction mm-hmm. to that? How? What do, what do you say to, because I've become <laughs> the older I get journey over destination guy and all right, we it's not like the cupboard is bare, so we're okay. But are you a little bit sort of left feeling a little like there's a little meat was left on the bone over the last 30 years in terms of titles? Right. I get why people think that. And I definitely understand younger fans, and the younger generations kind of feeling that way. Myself, man, I grew up in the 70s and 80s and the Packers were terrible. I mean, God awful. Right. I was watching Randy Wright, for God's sakes, at quarterback. So. I went through decades, literally decades of just putrid football. And so to see the Packers who at, you know, various points were known as the Siberia of the NFL. There was the thought process. They would never win again. The Lombardi years were just that and they would never come back to go from that mindset as a young man to watching my favorite team hoist Lombardi twice in my lifetime. I'm I'm set, man. I had a great time. I'm having a ball. Look, this transition to Jordan, who knows what happens? Maybe we do go on a downturn and they become bad again. That's entirely possible. I'm not dismissing the chance of that happening. But man, I'm good. I had a ball. Now, yes, the heartaches are tough. And there's certainly been disappointments along the way, whether it's Seattle in 2014 or the two most recent losses in the playoffs in Lambeau. But man, you can't take away those two Lombardies. You can't take away those days I was with family and friends and celebrating like a kid on Christmas. I don't care. You can call it disappointing. You can call it like they came up the meat on the bone, whatever you want to say. And that's great. And I understand that perspective, but it is not mine. I had a ball and I'll always cherish those memories. That's Look right. at that. Do you see Eddie's spaghetti? Are you listening? He's one of those aforementioned younger fans. This is the song I sing all the time. I, you know, I get it if it's a donut. That, in, well, that's in, the thing. In, in the championship to, to pick column. up your other point, though, I mean, yes, if Rodgers, you know, the Packers bow to Chicago in that NFC championship game and they never hoist Lombardi, that's certainly a disappointment. And then he's right. kind of probably viewed as Dan Marino-esque, you know, and the whole kind of decade plus does become an exercise in maybe not futility, but certainly frustration, no doubt. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, yeah. So, OK, we 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 do 
mostly agree then. And boy, a lot of different directions to go off of that. But <laughs> do you anticipate, I, I'm going to pick it up and go back mm. and uh, cover all the elements of what you just said there, I I, I hope. Um, but to the here and now, or at least uh, five months from now, Right. Where's your optimism? What's what's the sense among Packers fans at large in what Jordan Love's going to do here? Is it more like probably a transitional six and ten kind of Aaron Rodgers taking over for Brett Favre in his first year, but some nice statistical, um, right. you know, there's some cause for optimism based on what the kid looks like, all of that, and uh, or or is there? Do you think hope for uh, you know? for for um fuel in the plane at 30,000 feet in the sky in 2020. <laughs> right. I think well, I mean realistically I think most fans expect at least the ones who have been vocal in my mentions or in my inbox. I think most fans have a pretty healthy perspective of what's to be expected this season. It's certainly a different proposition when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Uh, you know, a Super Bowl run is expected. There's zero doubt about that. With Jordan Love being first-time starter, I think most people understand it's going to be tough at times and he's going to have growing pains and he's going to have to learn from mistakes. But look, I, I think, as I said before, this team has stacked up pretty well within the division. And I think fighting for a playoff spot is probably the goal, right? I mean, yes. Should it be the Super Bowl? Of course it's title town. I get it. But realistically, I don't think it's impossible to say, okay, yes, this is a young quarterback and be making his first starts and you know, he's going to he's going to trip up along the way. He's a young guy, no doubt about it. But he has gotten better every single year he's gotten on the field from his first kind of when there really wasn't an offseason. There was no offseason program. He was there for the whatever, 10, 12 days of whatever they called training camp that year uh, to the couple last preseasons. He's looked better and better, looked really good in relief of Rodgers in Philadelphia this past season. Every time he stepped on the football field, he's gotten better. That's encouraging. So I think, you know, the realistic view is, yeah, they'll probably take a step back. But I tell you what, it probably isn't going to be as frustrating as last season where you have Aaron Rodgers and you go on a five game losing streak. I mean, I understand, again, that the expectations shift a little bit here, but I think they're too good a team. They have too much talent for that to be the expectation. I think, like I said, they will undoubtedly be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the season. I think when your purview is 32 teams, it's it, it, it's okay to acknowledge, okay, I am not as plugged in as guys like Aaron are to their team watching obsessively. But <laughs> we also then, you know, so so I, I I trust you much more than I do, you know, some some other voices on the outside looking in best you can. Mm -hmm. The bad act, and they're not bad actors. They are biased by, well. Uh, right. Some are, some are bad actors. Building. Some are just ignorant. Yes. Well, on the other side of that, in the front office, though, Guten Kunst and company. Right. Are incented to be excited about Jordan Love. It was their pick, after all. You always see the big switch over when a new regime comes in. Well, we're not married to that guy. We, we're, we don't love him. But, of course, the guys that drafted him are very excited. As best you can, though. I trust your opinion looking into their eyes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Are they excited about him? I, I guess letting Rogers go or indicating we're, we're cool with this is an indication that they, that they do believe in the kid. Yeah. I think Brian Gutekunst very much is. And I, I suspect, and I, my sense is that Mark Murphy is, I haven't heard anything from Matt LaFleur and I know we're going to hear from him tomorrow at the owner's meetings. But it's interesting that his voice has been largely absent from all of mm. this, which I understand. Like it's 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 the off season; it's not the time for the coach to chime in. 
Um, but we will hear from him tomorrow. And I'm fascinated to see, A, what kind of questions he get, and B, what his tenor is. Because, look, I, I think he's been really complimentary of Jordan, but you know he's been also very public in the years past about wanting Aaron back and wanting in saying how important it was to get Aaron back. There's been none of that this year, right? So that indicates to me that at least he's on board with the transition. But I do think, you know, Rodgers, who gave him a shout out when he won that second MVP, saying how, what a big part Matt was in him winning that award. I think there's a pretty special bond there. And I understand where Matt's kind of in the middle, right? Like, I think as a head coach, you're paid to win football games. And you're probably, you know, the, uh, the difficulty level is probably a little different if you've got Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback, rather than a first-time starter. But all of that said, I suspect Matt's on board. I just, you know, like I said, we haven't heard from him. So I'm I'm really curious to see what his tone and tenor is when he's asked about it. Hmm, I haven't picked up on that, but uh, now that you have, uh, you're right. But in the meantime, it does feel like I already mentioned a divorce. This whole fe- thing kind of feels that way. Like who's going to go live with mommy? And and, <laughs> right. and you know, like Alan Lazard said, me, I'm I'm going <laughs> to, and, yeah. and 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 mom doesn't even have a new crib yet. But I'm just right. going to move in there and await her arrival. Um. It, 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 you know, and I think the 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 people standing back there, but yeah, Lafleur, uh, what what his opinion is seems to loom large. Um, but you know, when you mention Lafleur and his comfort level and everything else, blame assess for me as best you can. Aaron, <laughs> Rod- listen, we're listen. It, if old Aaron Rodgers, who he, <laughs> no one bled green and gold like that cat, you know, right. he's a, he loves it, except that he disparaged the front office and blamed hey, everybody else, but himself, but, it's a, but he you know. loves to believe he's the greatest in Packers history. According to uh, the guy, he did, who's talking. He, he did say debatable. He did use the word debatable. Do you agree that is debatable? Yes. No. <laughs> All right, do it. Win play show quarterbacks who wore uh, the Packers green and gold. Give me win play show. Now we did this five years ago. I don't know if you remember, but now we're doing it again. Now that we have all the evidence. Well, I mean, it's Bart Starr before everybody else. Let's just okay. get that out of the way. I mean, it's okay. always going to be Bart Starr. There is zero question that. I mean, I, I it's fascinating to me to watch kind of people who only know the modern game dismiss what Bart Starr did as a quarterback uh, without knowing anything, a anything about his game and B how the game was played then. And Oh, sure. The talent levels and all of this stuff. But like, you're telling me that if you gave Bart star, all of the advantages that a modern athlete has today, that he wouldn't take advantage of them and be as great. And he was Brady before Brady. So all these people like dismiss him when you bring him up. And they certainly did when I interjected his name into this conversation on Twitter, but I don't care. It's like, go back and watch that final drive of the ice bowl. The man who orchestrated That's that right. entire drive, who called it himself, by the way, and marched them right down the field and scored the winning touchdown. He's just the, the not only the Packers goat, he's in the conversation for the goat. And I'm sick of people giving him the high hat. I hear you. And, um, you know, I benefit as a Steelers fan from way back that Terry Bradshaw was exactly like what well, he was the successor. Basically, he right. was he was at the wheel for the Steelers dynasty. But could he really do it? Well, then 1978 rules change <laughs> and he flips a switch and now he wins the MVP for right. slinging the ball downfield. Bart Starr didn't benefit from his timing like that. OK, so who's so who's placed now? Now that we have all evidence, Favre or Rogers oh, or Don right. Mikowski? It's Rogers. It's okay, Rogers. I had a fart. It's yeah, no, yeah, a hundred percent. And look, that's not to take away what Brett did, uh, which was incredibly important in the annals of the history of the franchise. I always talk about it in the sense of context, right? When you look at when Brett 
got to Green Bay. And of course, how he got to Green Bay, the fact that Ron Wolf gave a first round pick for this third string quarterback who was basically drunk in Atlanta. Imagine Twitter when that if that happened today. I mean, it's insane. But to watch him kind of, you know, basically develop and flourish and become the three time MVP on that team that I was talking about, where they had been terrible for decades. And to see him do that, it was coming out of a very different situation than Aaron was, where there's an established program, a winning program that has, you know, obviously done a lot of winning. But it's crazy to think that Aaron, yeah, came along and was the better quarterback. I mean, you can't, I don't think there's any question at this point, uh, not only numbers, but just how he played the game, the way he was so smart with the football in Green Bay. There's no doubt that, you know, people talked a lot about, um, first Mike McCarthy's and then now, you know, Matt LaFleur's winning percentage. And so much of it is tied to turnover differential. And when you got a quarterback like Aaron back there who never turns the ball over, you're going to win a lot of football games. So I think as much as Brett did, it's definitely Aaron. Well, as I've said to you before, and I'll say again to any Packers fan or otherwise listening, people like the Bills fans a couple of Januaries ago said, oh, that's the worst loss I've ever seen. No, no. <laughs> the 2014 NFC title game. <laughs> Until until I have an update for you, that's the worst loss in any sport I've ever seen for a team. Thanks John Van Develle might that. be worse. Thanks for that but memory. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's the worst. It's the worst. There were seven. Tell me plays. about it. I had my tickets booked to Arizona for the Super Bowl, Ten which I ended up going to anyway. But seven. As I, you know what? I did that. I was supposed to go to the Super Bowl in 2001 or January of 2002. Cordell, right. 13 and three Steelers. <laughs> and they get they got not knocked off by Drew Bledsoe and to, taken over for Tom Brady. The I went worst. to New Orleans because I was already booked in and required by pals. You, you, you have to go now. So I went to get my better judgment. And the sports gods gave me a bad oyster, and I spent it. I spent Sunday night throwing up. No, you didn't. Night. That's right. Oh That's, I, I learned a powerful lesson. Yeah, <laughs> an unambiguous lesson handed down to me. Don't. What, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You don't if, belong here. See, I was there for work. That was the difference. I went to cover it for Sports Illustrated. So uh, that the football gods knew that I was. It was the what was it? It was the year. It was the Malcolm Butler interception on the goal line. That was. I mean, talk about it. Just a crazy event to be yeah, at. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, in a weird way, spiritually, you get the satisfaction of watching them lose. You shouldn't be rooting for the team that vanquished you to win. So you could say like, well, at least we lost yeah. to the team that won it all. I right? know. I, I hate all that. I hate all that. Like, I just, I, I just want a good game. I mean, I'm sorry. I know it's totally Rob Lowe of me, but I just, you know, if the worst would have been to get there and have a, you know, a blowout a la the eighties or something, you know, like watching the chargers lose by 40 or whatever, like. Just yeah, the fact that it was like coming down to the, the wire was great. I like uh so I was gonna tell you to switch your hat to the NFL logo, but you got the <laughs> old school Packers logo. That's the coolest oh, yeah. of them all. I don't know I who that guy it. is from 1968, but uh running with the football, that's a it's a love good it. look. Okay, so blame assess from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. Here's a little here's a little critique of number 12. All right. I felt like last summer it became clear with uh, not just Aaron Jones, but also the draft pick of A.J. Dillon indicated, I mean, I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but he didn't like Jordan Love Rodgers getting drafted, and he didn't like A.J. Dillon getting drafted either. But for whatever reason, he should have been in 2022 at least, if not in the playoffs the pre previous uh, January, should have been turning around and handing the ball off to one of those two guys more than he was trying to play hero ball. Fair or am I... 
uh, you know, my talking yeah. too simplistically. No, maybe a little simplistic, but I will say there's a line in JFK that I quote all the time that covers this. It's uh, there's a lot of smoke there, but there's some fire. The fact that, you know, there are so many RPOs <laughs> in the offense, it's really impossible to kind of blame assess from the outside looking in, looking in. But I will say there is so much evidence on tape of this offense kind of evolving these last few years into something that looks very much, I mean, much more like what Mike McCarthy was running than anything Matt LaFleur was running when he first got into town. And I do wonder, as someone kind of who watches this every single week and breaks down the tape, it's like, is this feels like Matt LaFleur acquiescing more and more to Aaron Rodgers instead of running the stuff that looked pretty promising in 2019 and 2020 and was really productive in 2020. They were unstoppable, you know, so it it is kind of a you do want to say, yeah, it's probably a little bit on Rodgers. But again, without really knowing the play calls, without really knowing the RPOs and things like that, it's hard to give him give it all to Aaron. But I will say, again, there's a little fire there because it's very clear that the offense became more and more, quote, Rogers centric as those years went on under the floor. I mean, I, I, I got to say, you know, you hear what's happening in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson right now. And, um, you know, I, this is a thing that I would go back and forth with Steelers fans for for the last few years of Roethlisberger, too. I mean, like the I guess the recurring thread with this stuff is and I've been saying it for 20 years now you know uh, you know specific to Lamar Jackson as a for instance mm-hmm. well the team has his rights so what's he going to do well I mean what, what, what do you think he's going to do if right. he doesn't show if he doesn't sign the tag what's he going to do stand there like whether or not you think it's being played well by the player or not isn't the issue he's a human being you control his rights contractually the variable is the human being who might decide he doesn't want to do, I mean, like, obviously I can point to Levy and Bell, but same thing with like, right. but this is our offense. I mean, like, I don't understand what, well, he's got an ego based on the last 15 years of success. Of course. Well, who doesn't exactly? Like, but all especially the if you're him and he's worth a hundred million dollars, of course, exactly. that's the issue, right? <laughs> It's so what do you think's gonna happen? It was well. Why? Why isn't Rogers training Jordan Love better? Why isn't Roethlisberger bringing along Mason Rudolph? Because they're the because they're the main man. They're the star cute quarterback worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Why? That's why. What do you mean? They they have and everything. Everything has been built around them. Everything acquiesces to them. And look, I don't think it's you know happenstance that both. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, their exits have been messy in Green Bay, and I don't think that's a surprise when. As they get older, and especially towards the end of their time in Green Bay, the franchise has more and more kind of built things around them. And I I say it all the time on our podcast, and people belittle me and dismiss me, and that's fine. I get it. But it's not a healthy way to operate. It's not a healthy way to run your franchise when especially, and I don't think, and I think history is proving this out, that contract that they gave Aaron Rodgers last year, I mean, you talk about the, you know, basically the tail wagging the dog. It was unbelievable to me then, and I think they're right in the spot where, okay, they probably understood that they were going to move on at either this offseason or next, but man, they have made it real difficult on themselves. I mean, the fact that there is one suitor for Aaron freaking Rodgers, one team, is a testament to how ridiculous that contract is because no one wants to pay $60 million for some 40-year-old quarterback, no matter how good he is, which I get. But it's Aaron freaking Rodgers, and he still can play at a high level. Two MVPs coming off like two years ago. And this idea that all of a sudden he's a washed bum who, 
you know, is not worth even a first round pick is kind of wild to me. But then you throw in the contract and the contract is really what has, I don't know, put an albatross around the Packers neck, so to speak. But it's like I you look at the the, the facts here that one team is interested. I mean, the Raiders fell off. The 49ers fell off. The Panthers fell off. Everybody was like, yeah, now nah, we're good. I should tell you something that Packers put themselves in this situation last offseason. OK, listen. Try blame assessment for last season. Let's try and figure out right now, then, um, the way you think this cookie's going to crumble. Like I say about Lamar Jackson, the the leverage Jackson has to me is like, and by the way, he had in, on September 1st last year, and I was scoffed right. at by by um, some, some uh, professionals for saying like, <laughs> Lamar Jackson could just, Lamar Jackson could just say like Andrew Luck did, but, you know, be, you know, bluffing a little bit more and say like, you know what, Baltimore, I, I know the roster's looking real good and we have a chance of making a run. I just can't play without a contract here. It's not the, equi- you know, right. I, you know, like the analogy I guess I would make is, is that if you are, I hear some, some writers lament like this screenplay, I should have made, I didn't get paid out on this or like a band that has a, a has a, a first album break big. Right. Like we didn't make much money off of that. Yeah, but you're gonna get paid uh, on the prospect of the next one oh, based on the next. success of this one. So, but the difference is with football is that you aren't gonna tear your ACL writing a script, right. but you can interrupt your ability to for the big paycheck later on here. But the point is, you know, Lamar Jackson could have said like, "I can't play without a, a deal in place, Ravens." I'm sorry, and I bet you. They would have been jammed up a year ago. He would have had more leverage. But now I feel like I, I if I'm I, maybe I'm missing mishearing you here. I feel like the Packers have a lot of leverage here because to your point, like only one team going for it. What are you gonna do, Packers? Like, <laughs> right. what are right. you gonna do, Jets? What are you well, what, what's your what's the, your back? Right, what's your what's right. your backup plan if you don't get Rodgers here? I mean, Blaine Gabbert's still available, right? Um right. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, there's been so much talk about leverage, and I understand why. It's like something that's easily digestible on the outside. But the truth is, is there are pressure points for both teams, right? You're just talking, you're alluding to it there with, well, yeah, what are the Jets going to do? Like you have seriously, the owner freaking flew across the country. You are all in on this guy. And you're going to turn around now and tell me that it's going to push is going to come to shove. The draft is going to arrive. And Joe Douglas is going to tell Aaron Rodgers, so we just didn't get it done. You're not worth it. That's what's going to happen. That's the conversation. Or he's going to tell that to the owner. That's what he's going to say. But on the flip side, I understand Jets fans chirping on Twitter about like, what are the Packers going to do if this doesn't happen? Because Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid $60 million by somebody. And this idea, oh, just cut him. If you're out here talking about the Packers cutting Aaron Rodgers, just stop, disconnect from the internet, go outside, take a walk, touch the grass, because you have no concept of reality right now. If the Packers cut Aaron Rodgers, that's like dropping a hundred million dollar bomb on their salary cap. It is impossible to do. So okay, well, let, me, let me ask the question. That's a real, I, I really that's don't a real know. pressure point. I get that they don't want to eat sixty million dollars, obviously. But right. if they, ha- I mean, like, is it is it impossible uh, based on the cap and everything that that they could that the Packers, no matter, let's say it just doesn't work out, whatever. Is it plausible that the Packers could eat $60 million? Well, sure. In cash. Yeah, I mean, it's a hit, but they can do it. The cap is a problem. I mean, it depends on the manner of which. If he's retiring, that, you know, that cap hit is going to be significant. It's going to be it's going to be tough. 
But the trade, you know, they they take not a bath, but they, they're going to take a significant hit this season. If the trade happens after June 1st, they can split it up between this year and next. So, you know, there are ways to massage it. But, you know, regardless of what happens. And here's the other thing. Like Rogers has said twice now that he is willing to work with who back then it was whoever. Then the second time was what well, I'm willing to work with the Jets on the contract. Right. And that's great for the Jets, but it does nothing for the Packers. The Packers are down for that cap hit regardless. And that's, you know, again, talk about pressure points. That's a pressure point. So I just think it's so funny to watch like these flame wars online when they have very little basis in reality. Like I have no doubt that Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst will pick up the phone probably close to the draft, maybe a week out and try to hammer this thing out, you know, because again, there's no real deadline here until April 27th for, for a deal to get done. There's no Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to be in the building. You know, the Packers don't, the, he's not showing up to Lambeau for the off season program. So I think, yeah, that week before the draft would be my suspicion as far as like the first just, real I, conversation about it. You know, I, I defer to you, you know, it a million times better than I do, but I, I, you know, I, and soap opera and all that. I I have suggested right. that the best thing that could happen for for America during baseball <laughs> season would be would be the most entertaining, except for Packers fans and Jets fans, would right. be for there to be uh, for Kyrie as soon as the Mavericks <laughs> miss the playoffs to drive from Dallas to Green Bay or whatever uh, black right. hole uh, Aaron Rodgers is <laughs> living in for that week. Right. Pick him up and just do a tour of America and just let, let us all just be flies on the wall in that car on the window and hear what those two guys figure out about the human condition. Cause they can tell us I love all. It. At it's the like end a, of the- uh, a update of fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Love That's exactly. Habit. I love it. I'm all in. I'm all in on this idea. This is great. <laughs> You I think Netflix a, involved. But I mean, like the idea that I, I agree with you about the draft and it probably does resolve right in front of the draft for the ba- Packers benefit. But from where the Jets sit, like this idea that I've seen some prominent football media people say like, well, Rogers doesn't have to get there before camp. Like, how is that exactly going to go yeah, down and, in Manhattan? Hey, like Sala in, in just that said media that, market. Exactly. Sala just kind of reiterated that today. And I'm like, that's adorable. Did you not watch the Packers last year? And that's a program and an offense that he knows like the back of his hand. He's going to come into New York without any offseason work. He's going to maybe just show up for camp. Maybe not even camp. I've also seen that. Like, oh, he doesn't even need to go to training camp. Like, (laughs) so, yeah, I'm sure the Jets wide receivers who aren't Alan Lazard will have the hand signals down by November. But like, what are we doing here? Like, yes, he's Aaron Rodgers and he's amazing, but he still needs the work with his new offense and the new guys. Are you sure, though? Are you? I mean, because here's here's the uh, here's more cynicism from Dave. Right, Right. This is a guy. So, first of all, throw Tom Brady out. You know, he's he is the unicorn. So you can't compare right. anything to him. But for what it matters, we also know that he's working out to, to you know, he's setting aside family stuff from what mm-hmm. he's conceding, what they, you know, eating all that, you know, the way he lives his life. Aaron Rodgers ain't doing that. He's, he's speaking at an ayahuasca conference <laughs> in, in two months. Yeah. Li- yes, he literally. Is. Speaking at a psychedelic conference in two months. He's talking about, well, I was going to retire before I went into the black hole, but now that I've come out and heard what the Packers say, like, this is not a guy who is destined to push back at the vast majority of guys who try to play at 40. I I, I keep saying this, but I'm going to keep saying it until this is set. <laughs> Warren Moon had a good season in Seattle when he was 41. Yes, he did. Um, you know, Elway won that Super Bowl. I think he was 39, but obviously that was Terrell Davis's. Favre team. had his best statistical year when he was 40. Okay. And Favre had the great season in Minnesota. That was it. At, yeah. at age 40. 100%. Yep. 
everybody else who reaches this age falls off a cliff. What what evidence is there that Aaron Rodgers is going to buck the the mountains of evidence that a 40-year-old QB is is still the difference maker for a team? Well, I do think, you know, for all the public side of it, as far as what we know about Rodgers, like you're mentioning the Iowa, the the psychedelic conference. By the way, I don't care. That's all real. I'm all for it. I am too. I am too. 100%. Like, do your thing. Fly your freak flag high, man. I'm all in. But there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to as far as his working out, his regime, what he does to keep himself in shape. Like maybe he's not posting about it all the time. And I say this to Packers fans every summer. It's like they get so excited when they see like young receivers working out or people, you know, posting their gym stuff. And I'm like, everybody, literally everybody in the league is doing that. Some post it more than others. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, so we're not privy to what Rogers is working on. And I will say Rogers, not only playing in general, as one of the all-time greats, but playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you just alluded to it. You know, he came out of the dark. Packers are shopping me. What the sure. hell? The history would tell you any time this man has a chip perceived or real, he has elevated his game. And that's pretty much what happened when Jordan Love got drafted and he went on to win two MVPs. So if there's a guy who I think, look, is he particular about how an offense runs? Is he going to get upset at people? Are you going to have slow-mo push-ins uh, replay after a missed throw or a bad route or whatever, and him will roll in his eyes and whatever, and we'll all pounce on that. Yes, that will undoubtedly happen. But that doesn't mean he's not still great and has the potential to be great. And I, Because I do think this is a situation where a lot of people are going to be doubting him, and he's going to shut a lot of people up. That would be my guess. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, Chip, on the shoulder. We talk about outsized self-esteem that you rightly need to have if you're going to be putting your your physical well-being on the line and going out there and succeeding for as long as Aaron Rodgers has. Um, I, I, I though, it's same thing with Brady a couple few years ago. I was like, the only problem with go, I thought the Chargers were it. I thought it was going to be the Chargers, except right. does Tom Brady, who cares about the ring count and all of that, does he want to go to the Patrick Mahomes division? Because that was the thing that's a Aaron Rodgers can't be thinking like, oh, Super Bowl. Here it comes, Jets. I'm about to like well, Broadway Joe. AFC, here right? comes Broadway, yeah. Broadway Rodgers. Like, <laughs> Broadway not, a, Rogers. not if you not if you go to the Jets, man. You ain't gonna right. be the best quarterback in that division. And do you see who's in the AFC? You think you're gonna run that gauntlet in January when you haven't done it in a dozen years in Green Bay? I don't I'll say you to that. I, I mean, I think you're you're spot on. There's no doubt about it. I do think, you know, putting Rodgers on the Jets makes them formidable. I know that. And you and I both know and have watched enough football to know that you never know how a season plays out and things ebb and flow and things rise and fall. I mean, who's to say, you know, who's to say that they don't get hot? Say they start out middling. Don't forget when the Vikings had far of that first year, they they were not a juggernaut out of the gate, but they ended up in the NFC championship game. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Brett went full Brett there at the end. But, you know, there's nothing to say that Aaron couldn't do the same thing with the Jets. I'm, I'm I get it. I understand how the division looks. I understand how the conference looks. But man, again, the ball bounces. Things happen. He at least makes them contenders. There's zero doubt in my mind. I mean, there's I, enough talent there. There's a defense and he being Aaron Rodgers uh, gives him a chance. And that's all you can ask. And if you're a Jets fan with the longest drought postseason wise in the league. Yeah, you get Aaron Rodgers. You got a chance. Oh, I mean, you talk about talking selling about the it. Psych- well, he's talking about the psychedelic conference. I, I keep saying it. You know, he wants to talk about powerful drugs. Talk about desperation. The Jets fans have talked themselves into this. Yes, they have. As they like, this is an imperfect solution. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
a troubled cure for a troubled mind is uh as the old uh the old uh, folk singer whose name I can't summon right now. But look, they're, they're they've assembled a really good team. They've got a defense that can win football games for you and I don't think Aaron's ever had that in Green Bay. They're the entire history of his career in Green Bay. And you know, if you're a Jets fan and you see this team with a lot of young talent, a lot of a lot of young athletic upside there on offense and you've watched Zach Wilson just basically throw away the last two years. Yeah. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's any mystery there. No like, doubt. No doubt. Hope. And you, you look, you probably know it's a two year rental, but this is a two year window anyway with this team. You know, a couple of years, you're going to have to turn over some contracts. There's going to be undoubtedly maintenance on the roster. You've got a really good window here with this Jets team. So I get like the Jets being all in on Aaron Rodgers for that reason. I, I just have to say it uh, since we're on the AFCs very quickly. Bills are going to regress ever so slightly. They're not going to bottom out like some people, are, but they're they're going to fall back a little but bit. But that's a perfect point. I'm glad you brought up the Bills. Remember in September and October how everyone was like the Bills are walking to the Super Bowl. Everybody had the Bills in the Super Bowl. What happened to the Bills? Football happened. The NFL happened. It happens every year. Every year people think they got it all figured out. And we know who's going to do what. And that certainly wasn't the case. Those you know, people you are look, crazy. I know what's going to happen. The Dolphins are going to win that division. Right. That, okay. that, by the way, that's sounds Dave's good. Pre- that's Dave's pre- uh, Listen, hear me now. Believe mm-hmm. me later. Right. Those Dolphins are going to win that. Uh, are going to win that division. They would have if Tua didn't have his back troubles. Um, <laughs> yes. Now, okay. Well, so. you've been you've been very generous as always with your time and insights. But a couple more things, real quick, because I uh, the the yes, bottom sir. of it, Aaron Rodgers. Right now, I, we were talking. Spaghetti and I were talking just before you jumped on here. I say, I want. I said, if Favre had won the Super Bowl with the Jets right after he left, right, would he have returned to Lambeau to the standing ovations and everything a decade later? Even worse, if he had done it with the Vikings, if he had won a Super Bowl, would people still be like, "Hey, is that Favre still our guy?" <laughs> I think so. That's is that going to happen with Rodgers? And yes, and two, right yes. now. What's the because I say about Lamar Jackson, the only right. caution I give to any player out there is like, man, I, and and I'm a big advocate of like, what are Ravens fans going to do if Lamar Jackson says, like, I can't play without a contract? People will initially go like, what are you doing, franchise? We love this guy. He's the most electric guy in the league. But at some point, especially without an agent, you can spin it that like. Hey, sorry, Baltimore. We feel like we're ready to roll, but this guy's being selfish. He's not on board. I think you can do that. And I think it it will, you know, you'll, you'll be bummed out if you're the player because people will stick with the brand versus the transient. Oh, you know, the people cheer for the laundry. They cheer for the laundry. We all know that. Ultimately. Yes, that's true. But right now, what's the vibe? So what is the vibe on Rogers? Who is winning the PR battle, <laughs> battle with the million owners or whatever. I they will say because there haven't been a ton of leaks from either side. So I don't think there really is much of a PR battle going on. There was whatever Roger said on McAfee. But outside of that, there hasn't been a ton. There have been a little dribs and drabs. But I think both sides are very smartly keeping things buttoned up. Now, maybe, like I said, they finally get together conversationally before the draft and they still can't hammer things out. Well, then I think you're going to start to see a PR war. I think that's when things will heat up. But right now, I think most Packers fans are of the mind that like we are ready to turn the page. Thank 12 for everything he did in the green and gold. But I think most people are ready to kind of get behind Jordan love. And it's very different than what happened when Aaron took over. I mean, Aaron was literally booed on family night, but you know, because he wasn't Brett. 
and he was playing poorly and he threw an interception mm. intended for Donald driver and the Lambo booed him. And that's not going to happen to Jordan. Like most, the majority of Packers fans are really behind this kid. So I think, you know, the, it will play out. Aaron will become a jet. He'll do whatever he does in a jets uniform. And eventually, yes, he'll come back to green Bay. He'll have his name on the facade. He'll go into the hall of fame and it'll be a forever Packer. Great. I, really, just, I, I, I don't like, think it's that complicated. I, I think you're probably right. And I'm trying to make a bigger fire than, <laughs> than there already is here. But by the way, I mean, they, if Rogers has made his own fire here and I, I, I the, the hypocrisy is the thing that gets me live what you want to do. Think, think the way you want to, as long as you're not endangering anybody, right. I think if, if you are endangering people, then that's another matter. But yeah, it's, it's the hypocrisy. It's the, I'm sure you've known hippies in your life in college <laughs> and otherwise who were like, it's an excuse to get what you want, but you're not peace and love and as socialist as you're claiming to be. He is asking for all the benefits of being open minded and like, hey, live your life, man, except if you disagree with him. Then, uh, yeah. then, then you're a bad been... guy. And he I mean, he he yeah. has he has injured the reputation, at least of at least one or two journalists out there by calling them out and everything else. But he's so wounded when I, that's my issue with him. Um. I mean, yeah, it, but I understand it goes both ways, though. I mean, look, I totally get what you're saying. I 100 percent agree that he has posited this idea that I am of love and acceptance. You know, Mitchell Schwartz was tweeting about uh, Aaron right. and the darkness retreat or whatever. And he retweeted it and said, don't be judgmental, be curious or whatever. And I think that's real. Like, I think he is genuinely I trying think to he find thinks that, that spot. I believe no, no, he no. believes I think, no, it. No, I think I do. I think he's like that is his core. Right. That is what mm -hmm. he's trying to achieve. But to your point, yes. When he, again, real or perceived, finds a slight, he does go on the attack. And to your point, yes, he has called out some journalists. But I will say, and I talk about this sometimes with people in the league and players especially, like it's so interesting to me that journalists so often will take it as an affront if they are called out by a pro athlete while spending literally all of their lives criticizing pro athletes. Like, <laughs> how is it that we are allowed to sit here and cast stones, yet the moment someone on the other side says, well, you know what? You suck at this. Well, oh, my gosh. Clutching my pearls. You actually dare? Like, yes, I dare. Like, that's literally all you do. So that's like to my. Oh, don't get me wait. into the curmudgeons in the media. I mean, I, I know. I, I, love, I love a that's back always, and forth with that's players. Just, that's, that's, that's just what I live of, for. Exactly. That's just kind of always bugged me. You know, it's I like, love here. No, you're wrong about that. You don't know what you're talking about. There is wiggle room, by the way, to push back at them. You know, 100%. Yes. I, 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 but yes, I am all for that. That That is one of my. I just. Um, I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying, but it, I guess, you know, it's sort of to wrap it up more globally as Aaron Rodgers has his melodrama and Lamar Jackson <laughs> and the Ravens have theirs. I guess it kind of goes to like, you know, I read Karl Marx when I was in college, <laughs> not, not, not for leisure, for, uh, right. you know, it was, no, it, was, it was assigned to me. I, I, right. I, you weren't I, looking I, to I join a group. Yeah, I get you. I don't need to hear from people about like that. <laughs> Did you know about Dave? No, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying I was, it was part of my, it was part of uh political science. I don't remember what class it was, right? But anyway, right. I read it and it occurred to me as a, as a, you know, 18 year old, um, this is great in theory. You know why it can't work out? Human beings are involved humans, in it. There will exist. be people who have right. different, who have egos and that's what will disrupt what is a good plan on paper. And, and 
I think that, you know, that's what I think is going on to some degree with Aaron. Yeah, it does. He he is seeking that. And I think he is sincere with that. I think he thinks, though, that he now has all the all of life's answers. And if you ain't on board with what he's figured out, then like you're you're a dullard right. who's just a sheep going along <laughs> with everybody told him to think when well, they were in junior high. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? I agree. I agree to a point. But also, I think, man, people really go in on Rogers, but it's like, no one's making you watch or listen. That's the other thing. It's like, I don't care what Aaron has to say about most things in life. Like I love him as a football player, but like whatever he thinks about science or politics or any of that, I could give a man. Like I don't care. So people get all worked up about it, but it's like, it's the starting quarterback of the green Bay Packers. Why do you care? That's what that is. That's where I kind of come down. with. I agree. I, you know what? I think that's a great place to go out because I do think that the rationalization required, especially as a grown up, once you get past age right. 11, once you get right. like you, you must delude yourself uh, a as, a, as a fan yep. about who these guys are, how much they care about what you care about team forget the world at large. Right. How much do they care about my team and how invested are they in my team getting the ring and all the rhetoric in training camp? But like mm. it's about these guys in this locker room and all that kind of stuff. Like it's really about that signing bonus, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, 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 we all must uh, delude ourselves into buying this. And I think that's exactly right. Ultimately we must rationalize. Cause as I, as I say over and over again, if you start trying to take down every other fan base <laughs> for supporting that guy. It's it's the, the end of Reservoir Dogs where everybody <laughs> everybody just shoots everybody, everybody and then dies. the whole thing is dead. And that yep. and that doesn't work out for anybody. Anyway, nobody, listen, nobody needs that in their life. No great doubt. stuff. And I'm happy for you because I know one of the winners who's going to win this Packers or Jets. You know who? Cheesehead TV is going to be the big winner here because you have a great melodrama. Pick up that reality series, The Car Show. Kyrie, I love it. I'm all you in. Know? That could be a lot of fun. Them driving. It's funny you say that about Cheesehead TV. This is true. Two summers ago when Aaron was in the locker room, I thanked him for causing all the drama because it meant like insane numbers for Cheesehead TV. And he laughed. So it was good. Was good. <laughs> he, knows what, go. he knows what he's doing. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, go read some Ayn Rand. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, good luck with the draft and all the rest of it. See, we could have done a deep dive about what the Packers needs are for 2023 to, yeah. to, to put uh, Jordan Love in, in a position for success. But we had a trade to get through. And, right, exactly. We'll do that later on. Uh, meantime, we'll catch you at the uh, Let Love In in Astoria and uh, on Cheesehead TV. The great Aaron Nagler. Can I say on your way out? I think you've put yourself in contention with this appearance for a Shecky Award as our favorite non-football playing guest in 2023. Well, that's amazing. Uh, it's a deep honor, and uh, I, it's just an honor to be nominated, really. Let love rule, right? Number 10, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. All the way. All you need is love. There you go. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, that's it. Great stuff. Rangy conversation, I think, there. I mean, a lot of NFC North talk there. Anything emerge for you there, Spaghetti? 
Well, I know I I do think uh, kind of like how Aaron alluded to it. Packers drive the Jordan Love. Rodgers goes and wins two MVPs. Uh, the Jets win till nine and a half. I think he will be a Jet relatively soon. I like the Jets to win 10 games or more this year. I, I do think the Jets have a legitimate, and he made a good point about the Bills too, kind of what I just said before. All these, you know, d- division winning favorite teams, it, the NFL happens, things don't go a certain way, teams lose. Uh, I, I think the Jets are in play to win the AFC East. I mean, you can almost lock in two easy wins versus the Patriots. They seem to be in shambles. Uh, you know, the Dolphins, I, I they are building a nice roster, but again, the, the, the health of Tua, you have to question that. You never know. I think the division is winnable for the Jets, and I do think Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder with, and the thing is, too, is like the defense is great. The coaching staff is great. Joe Douglas did a phenomenal job building that roster. The running game with Brees Hall's healthy is great. They have the receiving weapons. He doesn't have to do much, and this is kind of what he was asking for to happen in Green Bay. So uh, I know I'm more pro Rodgers than most, but I, I do like what the Jets have lined up here. I mean, my point with Rodgers is, and I, uh, the way we just finished it up there with him, like, Listen, if he's going to make you a winner and you're a Jets fan, then great. I am skeptical at age 40, given what we know about what he's doing this summer and everything. I just don't know. I'm, you know, chip on the shoulder. That makes sense. I also can talk myself into like he's seen his best days. And at age 40, that's he's not going to have some massive bounce back in terms of uh, physical well-being. Um, All right. Listen. Oh, by the way, one more thing. Lamar Jackson. I am going to stick with my prediction. Atlanta Falcons makes the most sense. Indianapolis makes a lot, makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Let me throw one more team at you. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. You know, who is wired? This stuff Sal loves to do though. Like any team should want Lamar Jackson. If you think he's that good, the Steelers should go after Lamar Jackson. Well, no, not if you have built yourself in, in a certain way and you believe in, uh, your rookie QB. I mean, if you don't, then that's another thing. But I think that the Steelers are in on Kenny Pickett pretty clearly um, for at least the next couple of years. But the other team who really should go and who could kind of handle him based on the personnel they already have in-house, the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's the move. You want to get back to being relevant, Bill Belichick, before you step out the door forever? That's how. Go get eight. That's a fun trade right there or a fun move you could possibly make. And you could do worse if you're the Ravens. You're like, what are we going to do if we let Lamar walk? Okay, we have a guy who started some games. I'd say, you know, he he uh, didn't win a division. He he made the playoffs in his uh, his rookie season. Did Mac Jones? You could do worse if you if you got Mac Jones to pacify the crowd. So it's like the entire 2023 season isn't entirely scuttled because we moved on from Lamar Jackson. I don't know what else is out there that would, would make that. So that's Dave's big idea on the way out the door. We'll be back with more who in applesauce with Kevin Hench towards the end of the week. And spaghetti will be along for the ride then as well. In the meantime, check out all the great content on the extra points network. And until next time, thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.